Hey, guys. How are you guys doing today? How did you guys sleep last night? How, how did the counselor sleep last night? That's the real question. They slept so good. You know because you were not sleeping, huh? All right. All right. Well, counselors, take heart. They will be more tired tonight, uh, but so will you. So you'll sleep someday. All right. Um, hey, so... So last night, uh, we started off by talking about this idea of God as the potter and God as the father, right? That he is the one who made us, who made us in his image, who knows us, who loves us, who cares for us. And it's him who is giving us the instruction that we're going to see here in Ephesians chapter 4. But I also told you guys something else. I told you that I have uh, a hobby, right? I said that I, um, that I rebind Bibles, that I, I do leather work, and I, I make things out of leather, and, and something I really enjoy. It's a way I enjoy creating, but um, I also told you that I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old, so if I was being honest with you, I would tell you that the majority of the time that I spend creating is not creating with leather. Um, it's creating with this stuff right here. Uh, I spend a lot of time playing with Play-Doh uh, in our house, and... Um, I don't mean to brag or anything, but I am really, really good at it. Uh, I can make a ball. Uh, I can make a snake. Um, if, I'm, if I'm really feeling like on my game, I can make a snail, all right? Uh, but my specialty in Play-Doh is that I can make a snowman, all right? Uh, so we're going to build a, a snowman today, um, figure out a name for him once he exists here. But, but as I'm building this snowman... Bob, Jerry, Bartholomew. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right, Bartholomew the snowman. Old Barty here, all right. So um, yesterday as we talked about God as the potter, right? God is the potter and we are the clay. And we went to Genesis chapter 1. And in Genesis chapter 1, what we saw was we saw God making everything that exists, everything in all of creation, with the power of just his voice. He said it, and there it was. He spoke it into existence, because that is how big and powerful and mighty the God of the Bible is. So he spoke it into existence. He made everything that exists in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 2, we zoomed in a little bit. In Genesis chapter 2, instead of looking at this big, zoomed-out view of all of creation, it goes in and it looks specifically at the creation of mankind, the creation of Adam and Eve. And what you see in Genesis chapter 2 is that God made people special. He made people different. He made them in his image to know and to love and to serve him. God formed people with his hands, not just his words, but his hands. He breathed his breath of life into his people. And so in Genesis 1 and 2, we see God creating everything. We see God creating people special. But then something happens in Genesis chapter 3. See, in Genesis chapter 3, the thing that God has made, his creation, his people made in his image to know and to love and to serve him. Barty, calm down. It's not time yet. So, 
the people that God made in his image to know and to love and to serve him, something happens in Genesis chapter 3. See, they've been made for this purpose of knowing and loving and serving God, but in Genesis chapter 3, that purpose gets distorted. Because we, what we see is the people made to know and love and serve God instead choose to love something else, to serve something else. They choose to sin, and because of that, this purpose that they've been created for, this image that they've been created in, it's distorted. I know, poor Bartholomew, right? But here's the thing. Here's the thing. God made people in his image for this specific purpose, but from the very beginning, from Adam and Eve, from the first two people that walked the face of this planet, that image and that purpose has been distorted in God's creation. It's been distorted in the people that God made. Because they sinned, they chose to serve something other than God, and because of Adam's sin, sin has entered the world, and all of us are born into sin, all of us live life as a smashed snowman. Not quite the image that we were created for, unable to live out the purpose that we were created to live out. And that's what we see in Ephesians chapter 4. So open up to Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians four seventeen. Remember, we got through a half a verse yesterday. We're going to get through a little bit more, about two verses this morning. Ephesians 4, 17, I'll start there. It says, now this I say and testify in the Lord. Remember, this is the Apostle Paul talking on the authority of God because God has given him words to speak to the church in Ephesus. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Now, who are the Gentiles? What does that mean? Well, the word Gentile means people who aren't Jewish, right? But in the context here, as Paul's using it, he's not talking about people who aren't Jewish specifically. He's talking about people who are still in their sin, people who don't know Christ, people who are not God's people, who are not living this purpose that God has created them for. And so he's telling the church in Ephesus here, he's saying, don't live like people who don't know Christ. And then he goes on to explain the reality of life for those people who don't know Christ, what he does is he explains the reality of life as a smushed snowman. All right? And this is how he describes it. He says this. No longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, Greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So this is a picture of living life as a smashed snowman. This is a picture of living life in sin. Futile in their thinking, darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of their hardness of heart. They become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. So what do we see? We see this image, this life that God has created us for, this purpose that God has created us for, we see it distorted by sin in three ways, really. The first is that for those of us who are in sin, for those of us who are not in Christ, 
something wrong with our minds. It says that we are darkened in our understanding. Look at verses 17 and 18. No longer walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. What does it mean? What does the word futility mean? It means hopelessness. In the futility of their minds, they are darkened in their understanding. See, Scripture talks about this in Romans chapter 1. In Romans 1, verses 21 through 23, it says this. For although, speaking again of people who sinned against God, it says, For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. But they became futile, there's that word again, futile in their thinking. Their foolish hearts were darkened. And claiming to be wise, they became fools. They exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Verse 25, jumping down there, it says this, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie, and they worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. So, what does sin do? Sin darkens our minds, it blinds our eyes to the understanding of God's truth. Sin darkens our minds to the understanding of God's truth. We're born into sin. We're born into this. We're born into this natural state where we don't understand God's truth, where we exchange the truth of God, the all-powerful, loving Creator, Father God, who made us, who knows us, who loves us, who wants us to know and to love him, we exchange the truth about him for a lie. And we live lives of worship, not worship to God, the worship that we were designed for, but but worship to other things. We we worship popularity, or or we we worship sports, or we worship um, stuff, we worship money, we worship All the pursuits of this world, because our eyes are darkened, our minds are darkened to the truth of God. See, ultimately, Scripture tells us that we all know that God exists. Some of you might be here going, I don't really think God exists. But Scripture tells me that you know that he does. You might... You might argue with yourself. You might try to convince yourself into a posture of of saying that God doesn't exist. But deep down, when you walk outside and you look at the trees and you look at the skies and you look at the mountains, you look at the world around you, all of it proclaims the existence and the power of God. God tells us that his law is written on our hearts. And I believe, I know that you know deep down that God exists. But what you've done is you've exchanged the truth about him for a lie. Instead of living out that purpose that God has made you for, you distort it. So sin darkens our minds to the truth of God, but that's not all it does. It also hardens our hearts to the love of God. It darkens our mind to God's truth, and it darkens or hardens our hearts to the love of God. Back in Ephesians chapter 4, look at verse 18. second part of it there it says they're alienated from the life of god because of the ignorance that is in them still talking about the mind then it says due 
to their hardness of heart. Then it continues on. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. This is a picture of someone whose loves, whose affections, the things that their hearts desire are distorted. We were made to love God. We were made to desire God, to want him above everything else. But because of sin, our hearts are distorted. We desire things other than God more than we desire God. Our hearts are hardened to the love that we were made for, the love of God, to be loved by him and to love him, to have our affections, our desires crafted by him, to love him more than everything else or anything else. That's what we were created for, but because of sin, our hearts are hardened towards that and our hearts are filled with love of sin. Jesus says in John chapter 8 that if we sin, we are slaves to sin. The Bible says this over and over again. It uses this image of us being enslaved to our sin. But our slavery to sin is not us being held in sin against our will because the chains that keep us in sin are our own desires. What keeps us trapped in our sin is that we love our sin. Because our hearts are hard. Our hearts are incapable of loving what we were made to love. Of loving the God who created us and who loves us. Our hearts are hardened to that love. And instead they are filled with a love of sin. We see this in James. In James chapter 1. James chapter 1 when it describes sin it says this. In James 1.14. It says, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. And then desire, when it has conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. So what Paul's doing here is he's painting a picture of our natural state. He's painting a picture of what every single one of us is like apart from Jesus. Our minds are darkened to the truth of God because of the effects of sin in our world and in our life. Our hearts are hardened to the love of God because of the effects of sin in our world and in our life because we love sin instead of loving our creator. Our desires, these things that we want other than God, we allow them to grow to a point where we want them more than we want God, and so we sin. Desire brings forth temptation, and that desire is conceived that gives birth to sin, and then sin ultimately brings forth death, as it says there in James chapter 1. If you look back to Romans 4, or sorry, Ephesians 4, we see this again, that this is the ultimate result of our sin. Our minds are darkened, our hearts are hardened, and our spirits are dead. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, they are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them 
due to their hardness of heart. So our minds are darkened, our hearts are hardened, because of that our spirits are dead, alienated from the life of God. What does it mean that that our spirits are dead? What what is this, this death that it's talking about? See, it says it here in Ephesians chapter 4, but this is far from the only place where the Bible tells us that the result of sin, the result of living this life of of being a a smashed snowman, of of having our purpose distorted, the result of it is death. It says it in Romans 6.23, it says that the wages of sin is death, that what we deserve, what we earn by our sin, by disobeying God, by not living out the purpose that God has called us to, by, by transgressing against his law, by committing treason against the king of the universe who made all things and owns all things and rules all things. What we deserve for that is we deserve death. But Ephesians chapter 2 takes it even further. See, Romans 6.23 says that the wages of our sin is death. But Ephesians chapter 2 says this. It says that you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked. See, he's talking to people who put their faith and trust in Christ, but he's telling them that before you did that, you were dead. You were dead. Not you were dying, not you deserved death, but you were dead. Your mind was darkened, your heart was hardened, and your spirit was dead. This is the truth of every single one of us apart from Christ. We are dead in our spirits. We're alienated from the life of God. That means it's impossible for us to live the life that God made us for. It is impossible for us to live out the purpose for which the potter has formed us. It is impossible for us to live a life of knowing and loving and serving and worshiping our God, our creator, our king. It is impossible for us to live a life fulfilling the purpose of our existence because we are dead in our spirits, darkened in our minds and hardened in our hearts. We're alienated from the life of God, but that's not all it means. See, it means we're alienated from the life of God, but it also means that we are on the road to eternal alienation from God in hell. It means that we're separated from God because of our sin and that that separation will continue for eternity if nothing changes. And it also means that we're helpless to save ourselves. Dead things are helpless to make themselves alive again. It doesn't matter how hard they try. Smushed snowmen cannot reform themselves into beautiful little Olafs, all right? Because they're dead. We can't fix it. We can't put the snowman back together. We cannot give our our minds sight. We can't take our darkened understanding and brighten it, illuminate it on our own. We can't take our hard hearts and give ourselves a heart transplant and make ourselves, make our hearts soft towards the love of God. We can't take our love of sin and exchange it for a love of God. We can't do that. We can't take our dead spirit 
and breathe life into them. We can't do it. But the reality is that every single one of us, this is what we look like. If we're not in Christ, if we've not put our faith and trust in him, if we have not been recrafted by him, if we've not been made new and given new life, then this is what we look like. Our minds are darkened, our hearts are hardened, our spirits are dead. We are incapable of living the life that we were made to live, incapable of living out the purpose that we were created for. We are helpless, we are hopeless, we are dead, and there's nothing we can do about it. That is the reality of sin. That is the consequence of sin. That is the result of exchanging the truth about God for a lie, of worshiping creation rather than creator, of loving sin instead of loving God. And that is true of every single one of us, apart from Christ. Every single one of us, apart from Christ, we love sin instead of loving God. Trade the truth for a lie, and our spirits are dead. We can't put the snowman back together, but the creator can. And not only can he do it, but in fact, he promises that he will. He does do it. He will do it. He has done it. If our faith and trust is in him. I read Romans 6.23 earlier. It says that the wages of sin is death, but the second half of that verse is good news because it says the wages of sin is death. What we deserve for our sin is death. But that the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Tonight we're going to talk about what it means to have eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We're going to talk about how we can go from a smashed snowman to beautiful Bartholomew once again. We're going to talk about that tonight. But this morning, the question I want to leave you with is, does your life look like the life of a smashed snowman? Are you living out the purpose that you were created for? Of knowing and loving and serving, following, obeying God? Or... Are you living this distorted purpose? Are you living in your sin? Maybe some of you have put your faith and your trust in Christ and you say, well, well, I I feel like I've I've been made new, but, but my life still looks like this. What do you love? What is your heart filled with? Is it a love for God or is it a love for everything else? What about your mind? Are your eyes open to the truth of God? Are you living life as a smashed snowman? Or are you living the life that you were created to live? Like I said, tonight we'll talk about how we're made new. This morning I want you to ask that question. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you that even though we deserve death because of our sin against you, God, that you offer us life in Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would help us to see the effects of sin. That sin is not um, 
small deal. The sin is not um, trivial. But God, that it distorts everything that we were made for. That because of our sin, we are incapable of living out the purpose that you have made us for. That apart from you, apart from your grace, apart from your mercy, apart from your son, we are lost. We are helpless. We are hopeless. We are alienated from life in you. And God, we are on the road to ultimate, infinite, eternal alienation. God, for those students here in this room who have not been recrafted, who have not been reformed, who have not been made into the image that you intend for them, God, I pray that they would be convicted this morning, that they would see the sin in their own life, they would see how their minds have been darkened, how their hearts have been hardened, and that their spirits are dead. God, I pray that you would take that knowledge, that acknowledgement, and that you would use it to drive them to put their faith and trust in you, that they might be made new, that they might live out their purpose, that they might no longer be alienated, but might be joined to the life of God. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.